Episode 35 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show coming at you Thursday, November 3rd. Want to give a quick shout out to Blue Canaries for her time, brilliance, genius, patriotism for the last two shows on the Paul Pelosi. I'm going to do a little wrap up on the Paul Pelosi towards the end of this podcast. This might be a double decker podcast, folks. I got five pages of show prep. Um, COVID, the RSV, Pfizer. We're getting into all that in a second. But first, we got to kick it off. Six days until the midterms. Joe Biden in D.C. at Union Station. Homeless tents all around. Everyone's stressed about inflation. Food, fuel, shelter, energy. Biden didn't mention any of it. He didn't defend his policies that they've had as they've owned, they've had control of the White House, the House, and the Senate. Basically, folks, we have been in a giant lab experiment for the worst ideas ever conceived. And we've had to live with the results. Biden is not owning that. He is not course correcting or saying, here's what we're going to change or do different. No, it's going to be this. It's going to be worse. Two more years of this dumpster fire and we're going to be in a depression. They're saying, oh, the U.S. might tip into a recession. We're in a recession, folks. I mean, the U.K. just came out and said, oh, it's going to be the longest recession we've ever had. They just increased interest rates over there, the highest since 1989. And they said, well, get ready. Unemployment's going to double in the next two years. So, man, I feel feel bad for our buddies over across the pond, but we got big, big problems over here, folks. We're supposed to be the shining light on the hill, the beacon of democracy. And in a democratic country, you're supposed to be able to ask questions, think for yourself, and vote for the candidate who you think best represents your values and your interests and what you want to see happen. Instead, Biden says if you don't vote for his party, if you vote for Republican, well, in our, in our bones, we know democracy is at risk. Barack Obama in Arizona said democracy may not survive if you vote Republican and have the audacity to vote for Blake Masters or Carrie Lake. And I do want to emphasize, folks, Carrie Lake should be the blueprint combined with Conor McGregor when he was beating people up like before the Aldo fight. I'm serious. Anyone who says calls me a conspiracy theorist about the Paul Pelosi, I'm just going to say, these big Irish balls right in your face. These big Irish balls right in your face. All they do is name call, and they their whole thing is to just gang attack you, mob attack you, cancel you, silence you, or get in your face. I'm sick of being lied to my face. I mean, Biden saying, if you vote Republican... It's going to be a path to chaos. You know, what they're doing is unprecedented, unlawful, and un-American. Oh, so Republicans are un-American. He said the GOP is trying to suppress votes. Then, this was a little curious part. Biden goes, hey, the outcomes might not be clear for a couple days. It's important to be patient. It takes a while to count all the legitimate votes. Hold on, it's 2022. 
When I was growing up, we found out the results of the election up until last year, and there was the Borg Bush Gore, of course. But we usually know that night. Every other country, they know that night. How are we going backwards where the results come in slower? And we have to be patient. I just heard on CNN, they interviewed someone. I think it was the Pennsylvania director of, of the elections. Hardcore Democrat, hardcore leftist. He's been on a four-day speaking tour to let everyone in Pennsylvania know, hey, everyone be patient. There's going to be inaccuracies and delays. CNN just said, hey, you might see a situation where the Republicans ahead by a very large margin where it looks like there couldn't be a comeback. Well, that's because in Pennsylvania, for instance, they count the election day ballots that, that, that happen on November 8th first, and then they go back and count the mail-in ballots. So if a lot of Republicans supposedly are waiting until election day, well, Oz might have a 500,000 vote lead, but you're going to have to be patient because then we begin the process of counting all the mail-in ballots. Okay, that, that already, call me election denier or whatever, I'm, I'm questioning it as a patriot. I am questioning how our election process and the results are taking longer to tabulate rather than quicker. There's, they're using words like delays and inaccuracies and anomalies. And even if your candidate has a big lead, that doesn't mean anything. Okay, who wouldn't start asking questions? Why is this happening? I mean, uh, the fact that he didn't even... Def- any president a week before the midterms who wants to rally his base, he's going to talk about his policies. He's certainly going to talk about the litany of problems facing our country. You know, the kitchen table topics that everyone's talking about, crime, inflation, the economy, the cost of food, fuel, shelter, energy. No, instead he just bashed anyone who wasn't going to vote for Democrat. I mean, it is the exact opposite of Abe Lincoln. If we have the Abe Lincoln Memorial in D.C., I mean, Biden's memorial should be a dumpster fire, the eternal dumpster fire. I think we could call it just like the eternal flame, Arlington National Cemetery. We should do the eternal dumpster fire with a dumpster and make sure that fire never goes, gets extinguished. So we never forget um, to, that, that, that we elected a guy who didn't even campaign, that was mentally incompetent and hid in his basement the whole time. So I guarantee... I've lived all over the country. I used to be a Democrat. I still have Democrat friends. That speech backfired big time. I guarantee that backfired big time because there's a lot of people who are considering voting Republican for the first time in their life. Um, Oregon. I just read an incredible article about all these Oregonians who are voting for Republicans. And they're, they're, they're hippies, they're chill. Um, they, they never would have considered it, but their whole life is going out of control. Most sane people don't like crime, trash, blight, dirty needles, and the cost of everything going up. So what's it going to mean 
if you put in the exact same people, the exact same party, with the exact same policies that over the last two years have made everyone's life worse. It's going to get worse. We can't take two more years of this. But he's saying, if you want to try something new, well, we know in our bones democracy is at risk. So this is bigger than policy points, folks. This is bigger than the economy, inflation, crime, the homeless fire that almost lit up your business. No, no, no. Democracy is at stake. You've got 300 people who are election deniers. They mentioned like Doug Mastriano. Listen, these representatives are supposed to represent their constituents. There were a lot of people, millions of people, who had legitimate questions about what happened with the election. Five swing states, all that Trump had leads in, all decide to stop counting the ballots at two in the morning when it looked like Trump by all indications, was going to win? Yeah, anyone would have questions. How would the Democrats act if, um, you know, there was like, you know, Wyoming, South Dakota, Oklahoma, name a Republican stronghold state and just flip it around. And Biden had leads of six figures. And then Trump magically came from behind. They would never, ever, ever accept the results of it, just like they did in 2016. Hillary Clinton, biggest election denier out there. She still hasn't accepted it. Stacey Abrams. But again, these people use the media and big tech to label you, call you names, just for having um, a logical conclusion about what's going on with, the, with, the, with these elections. So last night, I guarantee it backfired. People are sitting there, I, you know, I'm reading articles about, uh, you know, people in Portland. You know, a guy is in Florida with his wife and kids. There's already been a couple homeless fires from the homeless camp behind his house. Another fire happens. Tears through the bushes. Climbs the gates. Torches his bamboo thing. His bamboo patch. Engulfs a 75-foot pine tree. The neighbors in his cul-de-sac calm. Call the firefighters, call him, hey, or text him, hey, another fire, you know, thank God the firefighters put it out a few feet from your house. And so it just came out, Portland, they, somebody there did a, you know, you had to do a public records request. Well, Portland had 2,048 fires last year. Half of them started in homeless camps. Seattle, 1,446 fires from homeless camps. Austin, the numbers are the same. And guess what? The firefighters, if, you're, if your mom or grandma has a heart attack, sometimes they send the firefighters there for a medical emergency. They, they won't be able to go because they're too busy putting out homeless fires. There's literally six a night, and there's no end in sight. The firefighter, the, the head of the department's like, we have a lot of people who are leaving. They don't want to be here because... They're doing the same thing every single day and no one's changing the policies. No one's trying to make a difference. So guess what, folks? Most sane people don't like crime, trash, blight, dirty needles, poop on the sidewalks, camping by the freeways, in the woods, lighting fires. 
I mean, every city, I think, every, every Democrat in these cities on the left coast, maybe even in Austin, I don't know if Austin's got bad enough yet. I, I think it, it, it has. But certainly people in L.A., San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, New York, they've hit their breaking point. And I guarantee, folks, it is going to be a red massive wave as long as they don't do any uh, shenanigans. And the fact they're already doing damage control saying, hey, there's going to be inaccuracies. It's going to take, you have patience. It's going to take a few days. I'm already questioning the results. Why are you saying that? Why are you doing that? But they are, if I, you know, even for somebody who's on the fence, you turn on, if they're watching CNN, they're watching that Biden speech. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, I guarantee that speech backfired. Somebody in his, on his team thought that was a good idea to do like part two of his Philly speech right before the elections. No, that's going to galvanize people to be like, you know what? Screw this guy. He has no plan. He's not admitting, you know, any failures. He's not saying where his policy is going to change. Instead, they're just trying to give away more money at the end. You know, Kamala Harris just announced, hey, we've got $4.5 billion coming for low-income people for home energy assistance. It's going to be a brutal winner. So we've got $4.5 billion with a B that'll allow people to pay their heating bills, utility bills, and make repairs. Where's that money coming from? That's our tax dollars that are paying for that. Why do they have to do it? Because they canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. They've told the oil and fossil fuel industries, we want to get rid of you. You, you know, they're, they're, they're preventing them from drilling on federal lands. They stopped the leases. And as a result, the price of oil and gas, natural gas, gasoline to heat your house is super high. They don't want people to freeze to death. So now we're going to print up $4.5 billion. So again, that's a 4.5, another 4.5 added onto the bill for Biden's anti-energy, make your life more difficult and painful plan. If, you know, if, if you haven't seen already that they have no plan to transition us, this should be a decades-long plan. Instead, they're saying, hey, we want to be carbon neutral by 2030 or 2040 or 2050. Hey, we're going to uh, eliminate coal by this year. Okay, great. What's going to replace it? Solar panels and wind turbines? It's, it, 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 they, they don't have nearly... They they can't hold a candle to oil. Our whole society is based on petroleum. You can't say we're going to get rid of this oil, gas, coal, and then not have a plan to replace it. That is the most important thing that, that powers our economy, and it impacts everything. So... I guarantee that speech backfired, folks. He and, and, and the worst part was he was saying stuff like, United, it's the United States of America. We're together. He uses words like unity and stuff like that. And then he demonizes anybody 
who dares to think about voting Republican. Well, if you vote for Republican, well, democracy may not survive. Wow. In that stark of terms. Hmm. You know, it, it, well, I definitely want democracy to survive for sure. Obama's saying, you know, in Arizona, if you vote Republican, democracy might not make it. I mean, they, they, they are desperate, folks. They are really desperate because they see the numbers and they're awful. And I think it's going to be, when you look, when a red wave happens, it's not just a couple, a couple seats flip. It's, it's going across the board, local, state, national. I'm telling you, Lee Zeldin's going to beat Kathy Hochul and become the governor of New York. I think there's going to be a, gov- a Republican governor in Oregon. I, it, 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 they, they have no idea what's coming. And I don't think they have a plan. There's going to be a lot of races where they have no idea how pissed off people are. So I don't know if they printed enough ballots. <laughs> so the fact they're saying it's going to take several days for all the legitimate votes to be counted. The president. Why? So we, we, we have people who aren't sure. The last major election we had in 2020, there was major questions. The five swing states, all at once, simultaneously, with Trump in the lead, stopped. Imagine if that happens again in Pennsylvania, Arizona. Well, Blake Masters is ahead. Uh, Mehmet Oz is ahead. Um, Herschel Walker's ahead. Well, now we need a couple more days. The results are still coming in, and we had to throw some ballots out. Well, Warnock won. Fetterman won. I don't even know who's running against Masters. These people are so clueless. They actually think that Liz Cheney running ads. Liz Cheney's going to Arizona saying, I don't live in Arizona. But I, if, I, if I was, even though I'm a Republican, registered Republican, I would vote Democrat because democracy is at stake. The, and Carrie Lake was on Tucker and she was like, oh, we just got the most donations. Thank you, Liz Cheney. The fact that they actually think Liz Cheney is going to influence someone. I was going to vote Republican, but, you know, Liz Cheney, you know, she she is the beacon of of democracy. If she's saying it, no, Liz Cheney is universally despised by everybody. I mean, the Democrats like her, but she's a Republican. Look at her dad, Dick Cheney, Iraq, Afghanistan, oil. The Cheneys are warmongers. There's some the one of the worst families that's had power in the history of America. I mean, they were totally cool sending your kid off to die in a war or come back with mental problems, PTSD. Liz Cheney, that's how out of touch the Beltway and the media class is here. When everyone's talking about food, fuel, shelter, and energy, and they don't have a plan. Their plan was cancel Keystone XL, you know, demonize the oil and fossil fuel industries. You know, your life is literally at stake. Your survival is at stake. Biden's saying democracy is at stake. Democracy is at danger. How about how am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to pay my rent? Those are more pressing issues for the vast majority of Americans right now than anything that he's talking about. But to, to say that several days, you got to be kidding me. 
Uh, more gaslighting. I saw Jake Tapper on CNN. I like to get a handle on, on what they're saying. Jake Tapper, listen to this gaslighting. He goes, um, is crime really up? Or is this just a racist GOP plan? They're actually calling it racist to bring up crime. Dude, the crime's out of control. It's not racist at all. Um, it's just facts. And it was a direct result of demonizing the police, defunding the police. And remember, that happened on a city level or county level. You know, Minneapolis, Portland, Austin. So Jake Tapper says, from 2019 to 2020, murders were up 34%. Those were the Trump years. But under Biden, from January 2021 to January 2022, murders were only up 3%. He never mentioned George Floyd, never mentioned all the Democrat mayors, city councils who defunded the police, never mentioned George Floyd, all the riots. Nope. Murders were up 20, from 2019 to 2020 under the Trump years. Trump, like Trump didn't back the police or he defunded the police. I mean, if you're sitting there in Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, and you're watching CNN, that might be a breaking point for you right there to just hear him attribute the rising crime to Trump and then say, oh, under Biden, it only went up 3%. Well, it's already super high. You little weasel, snake rat weasel. So, folks, I, I, I'm telling you, I've got my finger on the pulse of what's going on here. And if these are legitimate, fair elections, it is going to be the biggest red wave since 1980. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the biggest red wave since 1980. So, I'm just hearing some creepy things. Heard the ex-Department of Homeland Security. I didn't get his name. But he was talking about the rhetoric and David DePoppy and the violence. And he says we have to worry about violence at polling locations. He, I think he used the word attack. Somebody might use, somebody, you know, people might attack the polling places. Well, I don't know what that would accomplish. Except for keeping people at home. Who waited for the last day to vote? And Blue Canaries, I think she mentioned it on the podcast, or maybe that was one of our private conversations. But she's encouraging people to vote before the last day. Why is the Department of Homeland Security saying, oh, we, the, 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 the polls were worried about danger at the polling places on election day? Seems weird. Why is Biden saying you have to be patient there's going to be, you know, it's going to take a couple days to count everything. It, there's a lot of red flags out there, folks. They're desperate to, to, to keep power because they don't know if they'll ever get it back. And when you look at this Paul Pelosi thing, think about who has the most at stake to lose if there's a giant red wave. It's Nancy Pelosi, the third most powerful person in America as far as the political hierarchy goes. So it just seems a little suspicious. The person with the most to lose has this, uh, you know, has something major happen to her husband. So going into that real quick, I know we we did the uh, Pelosi thing over the last couple days, but it's amazing how the media is calling us tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists 
Um, and, 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 you know, we're conjuring up these baseless theories about the Pelosi attack. SF Gate, this clown hack Alec Regimbal. SF Gate, November 2nd, 2022, yesterday. He had an article, How SFPD's Bungled Messaging Spawned Baseless Theories About the Pelosi Attack. And then he's like, oh, the prevailing theory among the tinfoil hat crowd is that Paul Pelosi is actually friends with the Pappy, who they believe is a sex worker. These conspiracy theorists claim Paul invited the Pappy and another person over for a three-way because Nancy was out of town for the weekend. Then things went south, called 911. And then he's like, um, you know, normally it's difficult to understand how a person could in good faith actually believe such a bizarre story. But when you look at the San Francisco Police Department handling their messaging, you can trace three of their inaccurate details to it. So he goes, those three details are an unidentified third person was present at the attack, that Pelosi and DePappi knew each other, and that both men were wielding hammers when the police arrived. A fourth inaccurate detail, that both men were in their underwear, can be traced to an early report from KTVU, which has since been corrected. So he's saying these are baseless conspiracy theories, but then he mentions the four things that they were derived from that are in the actual report. The reason why these theories developed is because we read the police report word for word and found a lot of inconsistencies and said, huh, that seems really weird. So this San Francisco hack goes, below we'll set the record straight on these details and explain how they came to form the foundation of a widespread yet baseless theory. The San Francisco Police Department refused a request from SF Gate to discuss the four details. So he writes this 2,000-word article, we're going to set the record straight on these details and explain how they came to form the foundation of a baseless theory. Hold on, you're laying out the four reasons why the theory developed. There's a lot of holes. So falsehood number one, he says, there were three people in the home. Well, that came from a Politico article on Friday, and it said another an unidentified person or a third person opened the door. How is that baseless? We're getting the information from you. You know, the, the, the story should have been, this is an indictment on the media, and this is an indictment on how everyone rushed to get the facts um, out there. That's what Twitter is. It's a race to see who can make the first pronouncement, not who is right. This should have been a, you know, a giant discussion about the media and how they're, they're spreading misinformation and falsehoods. So it's like Blue Canary said, she thinks they wanted to get it out there. So you've got a Portland to, so we could take the bait, you know? So you've got this KTVU, um, guy who posted, Hey, my sources say that, uh, these guys were in their underwear. There is a correction in italics. They go, oh, he's since deleted the tweet and then corrected it and said, well, my sources aren't really sure. Well, that was already out there and it was reported on the radio and on TV. It wasn't just like this one guy in Portland said it. I was driving around and it was on Fox headlines, Fox News. Somebody said it was they were in their underwear. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Wouldn't that strike you as weird? An 82-year-old guy and a 42-year-old guy in San Francisco wrestling over a hammer in their underwear? So it's, 
it's not baseless. The media reported it in multiple outlets. Okay, the KTVU guy in Portland was the first, but other people on Twitter, certainly, you know, as you were scrolling through Twitter, that was one of the main things. Then they posted a retraction. They deleted everything on the KTVU, and it, it just says, correction. The original version of the story uh, had a, di- you know, said that men were wearing different clothes than what they're, they were actually wearing. We actually don't know what clothes they were wearing. But it's funny, San Francisco DA Brooke Jenkins said on Monday, Pelosi was dressed in a loose-fitting pajama shirt and boxer shorts, so he was in his underwear. Um, but the KTVU reporter had said, hey, I have an anonymous source that the poppy was arrested only in his underwear. But now he's told by his sources, who are your sources? Aren't you supposed to get more than one source? Back in the day, that was a rule. You could not go to press with a rumor like that, especially a salacious rumor about the Speaker of the House's husband without confirming it with a second source. That was a rule. That's been thrown out by this new generation of total hacks, activist hacks. So I'm starting to think Blue's theory is truer and truer as we go on. Let's throw it out there. Let him take the bait. Then we can paint them all as anti-LGBTQ. We can paint them as tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. Then we'll have the guy delete it and say, oh, it's wrong. But it's already out there. You can't call it a baseless conspiracy theory when this was part of the story. The same with what he said, falsehood number one. There were three people in the home. You know, Politico said it on Friday. Then guess what? Politico updated their report on Sunday to clarify that only two people were in the home when the police arrived. So the police, it's sort of strange. The original police report from San Francisco did not say who opened the front door. Why wouldn't they initially say who opened the front door? They're like, that, that part is unclear. But a criminal complaint from the FBI released earlier this week specifies that Pelosi ran to the door and opened it before he began trying to gain control of the hammer that DePappy was holding. Okay, right there. That raises a huge, huge fucking red flag. How are you not... And, and, and it's, it's based on what they just said. So you're saying there wasn't a third person. It's unclear why the cops said it was a, a third person. But it makes total sense that 82-year-old Paul Pelosi who was just in a DUI accident, you know, uh, um, so I don't know what his, his physical situation was, but he had an intruder in his house, called 911, the co- he, and, and, and he opens the door, hi officers, and then goes back to gain control of the hammer? That There's no way. That does not make logical sense. Put yourself in that guy's shoes. Your life is threatened. This guy wants to kill your wife. The cops finally arrive with guns and bulletproof vests. And there's two of them. And they're in better shape than you. And you're like, oh, sorry, officers. Let me show you how manly I am and start wrestling around with the poppy with a hammer. That It just does not make logical sense whatsoever. They are creating this giant vacuum 
for which the conspiracy theories are popping up because it doesn't make any sense at all. It makes no logical sense at all. So for them to call it baseless and then say, oh, well, here, this was in the police report. So that's why it's, it's not sure why the police said it. Well, it, either it's the police's fault, the media's fault, or the story's total horseshit because there's no way Paul Pelosi would go back and resume wrestling with this mentally ill guy. And let's, let's not get it twisted, man. The guy who went to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh was not a mentally ill guy. He was a political fanatic, 26. They buried that. Joe Biden never mentioned anything about it. Never mentioned anything about the, the we got to tone down the rhetoric about the abortion thing. You know, the political violence. He never said anything. The media, they buried it on page 820 of the New York Times. But, but, but this, is a, this is a major story. No wonder there's people who, have, who, who, who don't trust the official narrative. Falsehood number two, he claims, that Pelosi and DePappy knew each other. Well, gee, how did we get that idea? Because in the police report from SFPD, he goes, his name is David and he's a friend. How the hell does Paul Pelosi know the first name of the intruder? And why is he saying that he's a friend of his? So it's not baseless at all. So then the FBI affidavit came out and said, Pelosi stated words to the effect of, there's a male in the home and that the male is going to wait for Pelosi's wife. Pelosi further conveyed he does not know who the male is. The male said his name is David. What, in the background? Did he tell him, hey, my name is David. I'm here to kidnap your wife or do whatever. So San Francisco Police Department has since confirmed that DePapi and Pelosi did not know each other prior to the attack. Well, why did they release a report that he said, oh, he's a friend and his name is David? This is not a baseless conspiracy theory. This is inquisitive, patriotic Americans who are looking at this story, which is already bizarre. It's already bizarre. And saying, hold on, what happened? Originally you said, Pelosi said he was a friend and his name was David. Now they're like, oh, they didn't know each other. We have no idea. How could that be baseless? We're taking your words. We're taking the police report. We read it. Number three, falsehood number three, both men were wielding hammers. So where did that come from? Last Friday, uh, the police chief of San Francisco, Scott, said he saw Pelosi and DePapi, quote, both holding a hammer when they arrived. When the officers arrived on the scene, they encountered an adult male and Pelosi's husband, Paul. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. And then this hack clown goes, oh, conspiracy theories immediately jumped on Scott's word and thought they were both swinging hammers. Well, yeah, the way he said it, they were both holding a hammer. You, you, that, that sounds like they were each armed with a hammer. He didn't say they were wrestling over one hammer. But then magically, there was also a second hammer, supposedly in the backpack. So, you know, hammers break all the time. You want to have a backup hammer any, any time. 
it, it, it is, it is, it is gaslighting of the nth degree. So the fact this clown wrote literally 2,000 words, literally calling us tinfoil hat crowd, we're crazy, these are baseless conspiracy theories, and then he goes into the four things that would raise red flags for anybody who was analyzing it. So, God, I, I, I'm just... The media, big tech, I'm really hoping Elon starts... Uh, I love how Elon, did you see they, they, they actually did a fact check on the White House where the White House was saying, I forget, we, we brought down Medicare, Social Security or something. They're like, nope, sorry, this is context. Or was, I think it was 46 companies didn't pay any taxes. And they fact checked Biden in the White House and they deleted it. So you've got Democratic strategists saying our messaging should be that we lowered the price of insulin, there's a child tax credit, and we provided assistance to historically black colleges and universities. Lowering the price of insulin, how about addressing America's diabetes problem? They're focused on throwing more money. You know, they love to use the word root cause. I haven't heard anyone say, even though obesity is directly linked for, with COVID, we don't have a plan for physical activity. Remember there was like the Presidential Medal of Fitness, all that. We should say, hey, they, after the last two years, we need to institute a physical, you know, we need to get gym back in schools. They're not talking about that. The child tax credit, I mean, what was that, 7500 bucks? The cost of living, of buying your kid um, clothes and food, I mean, having kids is expensive. That tax credit's probably vanished because whatever the credit was because of everything else going on. You know, the, the economy is bad. Crime is, is worse. They have nothing to run on. They have nothing to run on. So going into the... Uh, the students here and a lot of parents, I'm telling you, a lot of Democrats, there was something that crystallized in their, in their mind. These people are batshit crazy. And the thing is, a lot of these liberals, they're not brave enough. They're all about virtue signaling and all about their persona online or whatever. So in the LA mayor race between Rick Caruso and Karen Bass, People just aren't telling everybody, people aren't telling their friends, I'm going to vote for Rick Caruso. Because Karen Bass, they say, oh, she checks all the boxes. She's black woman, endorsed by Obama, a Democrat. But her ideas are just to continue what they're already doing. And people in L.A., if they haven't moved and they're and they're and they're going to stay there, they're done. With with people not having solutions for the homeless. There's tents everywhere. So Rick Caruso, who was a Democrat, then changed to independent 10 years ago. And now, or no, he was a Republican, then changed to independent 10 years ago. Now he's a Democrat. He's going to call, uh, declare like a, a, a statewide emergency, like as on day one, like his plan is to bring in FEMA trailers or establish like camps 
and just clean it up. You're not allowed to do this anymore. And everyone's hit their breaking point. And they're not going to tell a pollster that. I don't believe any of these polls. Just look at the methodology. They were really wrong six years ago. And a lot of people, they're not going to tell anybody because people are so freaked out about the climate, the political climate right now, that a lot of people, if somebody, a random stranger called up, called you up and started asking, uh, hey, I'm conducting a poll for Rasmussen. Um, do you have five minutes to tell me, you know, what are the big issues on your mind and who you're going to vote for? Well, what if you thought it was somebody who wanted to expose you or somebody who wasn't sure how you're going to vote or just somebody who wanted to get revenge on you? And so, oh, my God, Mary's going to vote for Rick Caruso instead of Karen Bass. She's always been a Democrat. Now she's going to vote for this guy. He's like Trump. He's a real estate guy. They're, they're not going to tell anybody. So what else do I want to talk about with the, um, the Biden? I mean, his gaffes, too. He blamed inflation on the war in Iraq where his son died. No, whoops. I mean, the war on Ukraine. And I think about my son because he got brain cancer from the burning pits over in Iraq. And you can see how I'd get confused. Dude, he, he, he is just the worst, man. The war in Iraq. So he's blaming inflation on Ukraine and, and all this. All right, let's, let's stop sending money to Ukraine. A, or let's, how about let's get both parties to the table and, in, and lead the way and engage in diplomacy. So we've had presidents like Bill Clinton trying to get the Israelis and the Palestinians together. Remember the famous photo, Yasser Arafat and I forget, Menachem Begin, I think was the other guy. That's a tough one. I don't know if they're ever going to figure that one out. But we can't try and be the adult in the room and say, hey, let's get everyone together and see if we can uh, work this out like adults. No, we just keep sending them money and weapons as our military just gets decimated. I mean, recruiting is down by 50%. And the recruiters are saying, you know, 30% of the people, we can't even qualify because they can't meet the basic core physical standards. So that's the thing. They're going to have to lower the expectations. So we're going to have a fat, out of shape army. That doesn't sound good. So speaking of lowered expectations, let me get one more Biden thing. Biden's going to PA on Saturday with Obama. There's no way they would let him go by himself. So he's going with Obama. You know, they're trying, you know, they brought out Obama. I have someone said, oh, he's a political superstar. If Barack Obama, if we could just clone him and run him, he would win every Senate race in every single state. That's how desperate they are. If we could just clone Obama and have him run all the time. But, uh, you know, Biden said, what was his other quote? They talk about inflation. What in God's name? If you have to take a... Oh, if you have to take a prescription and I reduce that, you don't have to pay as much. That reduces your cost of living and inflation. So he's trying to run, hey, I lowered the price of insulin and that reduces your cost of living and inflation. I don't know how that reduces inflation for anybody. It reduces the cost of prescription drugs. For diabetics, is that what he's running on? 
hey, I lowered the price of insulin for diabetics. So all diabetics, give me your vote because I lowered your thing. No, you lowered the price of the prescription. You raised everything else on day one. That was your mission. Let me make everyone's life more expensive by canceling the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, so just to give you an idea of the Dems, they've spent $320 million on abortion ads, $31 million on inflation. You just have to look, the Lee Zeldin, Kathy Hochul debates, he's talking about issues people really care about, and she's trying to frame it as a Trump, January 6th, election denier type of thing. I'm hearing that people in New York City, you know, a lot of them, they can't bring themselves to vote for Republican, so they're just not going to vote at all. That's what I'm hearing. The turnout's real low. I'm hearing the black community, the turnout's real low. I mean, last time Biden was telling people in Georgia, hey, vote Democrat, vote for Warnock in the runoff, and I'll have that $2,000 check in the mail to you. So this time they were trying to make it all about the Dobbs, you know, the Roe versus Wade abortion. They were like, that was an earth-shattering thing. Let's get all the women on our side. Then we'll do the student loan thing. Then we'll pretend that we somehow got people out of jail by pardoning everyone for weed, even though not one of the 6,500 people were in jail. Then I'm going to get rid of your overdraft fees. Now we're going to give you $4.5 billion for heating. It's all problems that they created. It's all problems that they created. So now you've got Colleges dealing with the first wave of pandemic students. I read this, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. A lot of Ds, a lot of Fs, and a lot of withdrawals. They interviewed a lot of college students. Enrollments dropping. The one school I saw went from like 700 to 300 because of the cost of it. You know, uh, student loans, the interest rates, you name it. But you have a lot of professors that are saying, I have to whittle the syllabus syllabus down and conduct triad math. Like he had a intro to algebra, first year college thing, and no one had the basic core requirements, you know, the baseline math skills to even start talking about algebra. So they were interviewing some of the students. They go, yeah, my sophomore year in high school, we went to online learning, and the math program wasn't that great. I mean, online math. I mean, you're usually you're 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 doing it pad and paper or calculator or whatever. Online math. What is it? Multiple choice questions. And you've seen some of these tests, man. Depending on if they wanted you to pass or fail, there's a huge range of you know, super easy versus super hard. University of Phoenix, I've had friends who've taken classes. You would not believe how easy. I mean, for college students, it's multiple choice, open book, open internet. That's right. University of Phoenix, you take a test, you have the internet open. So a lot of people just copy the question, control C, and they have Google open in the next tab, control V, hit enter, and get the answer. And you've got like 45 minutes for 15 questions. 
so that's the thing with when you're at home with history, science, anything, you could be on the internet and get the answers. So how many people just passed the test, the online test, but they didn't learn jack shit? Because that's a, that's a skill in itself, just how to pass the test or how to take the test. So I guarantee there was people who were just, if they, if they weren't, if they didn't care about the subject, you know, you could get answers from your friends. You could go take the test with your buddy. Online learning is a joke. So they're saying these students lack math skills and study skills. This is the first wave, folks. So if you wanted to destroy, you know, uh, uh, the future of a country, you do exactly what we did with the COVID lockdowns. And you see they're begging for amnesty. There was a viral article in The Atlantic. This woman, hey, everyone was a little wrong about something with the pandemic. Let's declare amnesty because we all didn't know what was going on. Oh, yeah, we did. And you insulted us and villainized us for just having the audacity to do our own research. You guys ignored decades of immunology, which said there's never been a successful vaccine for coronavirus. And in fact, these vaccines are not even sterile and leaky. They don't kill the virus. And even at these FDA hearings, there was a lot of doctors. It used to be on my Twitter. I had these videos saying, hey, this is going to cause autoimmune escape. This could end up causing mutant viruses. Approving these vaccines. These vaccines are not going to work. They're not mentioning that. So the CDC said one in 500 babies. This is from the CDC. One in 500 babies, six months or younger, was hospitalized with RSV since the beginning of October. Since the beginning of October. And they have the disclaimer, the true numbers might be higher. Because some of the babies went in there and they're all sick. Imagine seeing a little baby, six month old, these kids are breathing 90 to 100 times a minute. (laughs) Their lungs are all jacked up. And so they're like, why is all this happening? Oh, these kids are immune naive, they said. They were stuck at home for two years. And now they're out and about, and so their immune system's not primed. Yep, we told you that. And the other thing, like I mentioned in a podcast about three, four episodes ago, what percentage of these babies who are going to the hospital with RSV got the vaccine? Inquiring moms want to know that for sure. So good news, Pfizer said on Tuesday, we have an RSV vaccine that is, what do they say? We have an RSV vaccine that is 85% effective if we inoculate the mother before pregnancy, it's 85% effective of preventing serious illness during the baby's first 90 days. So the stats say almost every baby by the time they're two years old is going to get RSV. Pfizer's solution now is, hey, we're going to inno- vaccinate the mom before she gives birth. The vaccine will go to the baby, and we guarantee during the first 90 days, there's an 85% chance that the baby won't get s- seriously sick. I mean, 
Dude, if it's a 1 in 500 chance, why the hell would you why why the hell would you take a chance with a brand new vaccine that it's just going through the trials right now? So they're trying to rush this to market. I saw the Austin health director. They're they're overwhelmed. I mean, folks, they're calling this the March 2020 of pediatrics. Even at Johns Hopkins, they're sending babies to like upstate New York, Virginia, Southern Virginia, I think Johns Hopkins is in Virginia or Maryland. I think it's Maryland. They're sending, literally every hospital has a list of available beds for babies in a thousand mile radius. That's how booked these places are. And we're not getting any data how many of these babies got the vaccine. That's, that's ridiculous. The answer is throw another drug at it. So Pfizer announced Paxlovid. $7.5 billion in sales just in the third quarter. $17 billion in 2022. And it seems like everyone who takes Paxlovid gets COVID rebounds. Well, they needed a new drug because sales from their Comirani, whatever the hell the name of that vax is, dropped 66% to $4.4 billion. So they had the most profitable drug ever, the most um, lucrative drug, the vaccines. And now the vaccine demand has dropped off a cliff. So we've got Paxlovid. Um, Johnson & Johnson. Hey, they go, hey, we're, we're, we're splitting off the consumer thing. We want to get out of Band-Aids. They just spent $16 billion on a cardio company, cardio tech company, Abiomed, that makes a heart pump for people who have, like, cardio blockages. $16 billion bucks for a new thing. Gee, I'm wondering, does Johnson & Johnson project a... Their forecasts project a huge surge and people needing these heart pumps. And Alex Berenson had a great article. He had, he's, he's been on fire lately. One of the big things, uh, one of his most recent ones on Substack, the funeral business is blowing up. Funeral business. They had a guy, they had their quarterly earnings. Um, I forget the name of the, of the company. It starts with an S. But the CEO's on the call. And he goes, you know, we've been in this business for 30 years. Usually the deaths will fluctuate up 1% one year, down 1%. They, they, they usually stay the same. So COVID was an anomaly. So they compared Q3 2019 to Q3 2022. So pre-COVID to right now, they had 15% more funerals. In Q3 2022 than Q3 2019. 15% more. Usually it's 1% to 2%. So a 15-fold factor has increased. Man, these are real numbers from the funeral business. Look at their stock. It's, 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 it's blowing up. Um, Ethical Skeptic, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, um, at ethicalskeptic.com. This guy's like an, a military-trained data genius. He's so smart, sometimes I can't follow what he's talking about. But I can tell you this. Cancers, this is from, he's looking at the CDC data. Cancers have increased by a nine sigma factor. And cardio heart-related things, it's like a 20 sigma factor. And the CDC, he's shown it for the last several months They'll release the data, and it looks bad. They'll delete the data, and then they'll classify it all as COVID. 
up until COVID. So who can you trust? You know, I read the comments. There's been a lot of mysterious deaths. Did you see Adam Zimmer, Mike Zimmer's NFL coach? Adam Zimmer, supposedly a, a, a really great guy. His dad was the coach of the Vikings. 38 years old. He's all about God, family, just one of the real good guys in the NFL. Just died, cardiac arrest, 38 years old. Um, you know, when somebody dies, I don't want to jump to conclusions. Somebody that young dies is either a drug overdose, suicide, or I think it's complications from the vaccine. Um, Julie Powell, this woman, 49 years old. She wrote, uh, she had like social media or whatever. She went through the whole Julia Child cookbook and every day she would cook another recipe. And she wrote a book. She was funny. I don't know if you believe in karma or whatever, but she was wishing death, literal death on the anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers. And she was triple vaxxed at least and got COVID. And then she said her COVID was getting worse. And then she wakes up and she gets diagnosed with black, hairy tongue. That's where you literally have like black fungi and stuff growing out of your tongue. Then she dies. Cardiac arrest, 49 years old. You know, she wanted the anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers dead. Um, Tim Roth's son, Connor Roth. Tim Roth from Pulp Fiction. Um, And... Uh, another Quentin Tarantino movie, um, Reservoir Dogs. So his son, 25 years old, Connor Roth, was vaccinated, gets diagnosed with cancer, stage three germ cancer, he's dead. So I just copy that in, like, to NIH PubMed. COVID, vaccine, stage three germ cancer. All these reports come up, you know, um... Not exactly for germ cancer, but all kinds of cancers. Like five patients have cells metastasizing. Man, I wish I had Brad Swale on this because I pronounce a, a word wrong every time I'm on his podcast and I cannot get that word down right. The whole point is there is a lot of uh, official scientific studies directly relating people getting the vaccine and then getting cancer. Ethical skeptics showing the number of cancers increasing by ninefold. There's random people dying. And I looked at like the, co- I forget what came up in my Google News or whatever that took me to the, uh, the Julie Powell story. And people in the comments are like, you know, these anti-vaxxers, has any death at all, even one, been attributed to the vaccine? Or any of these injuries? Or just people die, man. People die. Yeah, like Justin Bieber, um, you know, pop stars, half their face randomly gets paralyzed and they get Bell's palsy at 30 years old all the time. Remember when Prince, Prince's face or Bruce Springsteen, half of his face, he was all, had to cancel his tour. Dude, look on NIH PubMed. We do not have a real media. There is a ton of stories linking Jillian Bear syndrome Bell's palsy, and a whole host of other things. And what Ethical Skeptic is saying with the um, the excess deaths, and then what this funeral guy is saying is that 
these vaccines, or the funeral guy didn't say it, but all the, all the data shows, you know, these vaccines cause a whole host of problems with the spike proteins, and it's almost easy for them to bury how bad it is because they're across cardio, heart attack, cancer. There's, there, there, there's a lot of data out there that this should be the number one story of the reckoning. So going back to that Atlantic article, no wonder they want amnesty. Hey, let's just forget all this happened. We just want a, a mulligan. We just, we, you know, let's just give, give us a break on that one. Hold on, you assholes. You know, I'm not trying to rub it in your face. I just want to remind you that you wanted to people to lose their job unless they got this. And again, it, you didn't take account into, hey, is this person immunocompromised? Do they have a holistic reason? Maybe they just don't take any medicine at all. It's against their beliefs, religious or personal health. Maybe they're just in great shape, 22 years old, and they already had COVID. What if they already had natural immunity? You didn't give them, them a break. In a lot of other countries, you could show, hey, I just had COVID. So I have natural immunity. I'm good for six months or nine months or a year. No, it was two minutes of hate. It was like uh, East Germans when they're, you know, everyone just gets crowd dynamics, you name it. You were ganging up, all of you, and just saying we were, you know, we didn't care about grandma. We were selfish. We were jerks. We weren't following the science. We didn't trust the science. Oh, I'm going to quote, do my own research. Well, turns out the whole doing your own research and waiting might have been the best decision that anyone could have made. I guarantee there's a lot of people out there who have serious vaccine regret, and you can see it. They're like, I trusted the science. I believe the science, whatever. My life has never been the same since I took this thing. Folks, we just hit about the hour mark. I'm going to wrap it up here in the next 10 minutes. Um, funny thing, I had mentioned to Blue Canaries about the Jake Tapper. He was talking about the crazy, baseless conspiracy theories coming out of the, the insane lunatic right. And he went right from Dave Pappy, Dave DePappy, and all the stuff they say is baseless, even though they go into all the reasons why we would come up with a, uh, the, the idea or ask these questions. He mentioned the furries in school, and he's like, oh, there's never been any, any research. They're just anti-trans. They're just anti-trans. They're, they're causing a panic about furries in school. So yesterday, someone did a, a FOIA request like Johnny K2001 does in, in Austin. And that's what you got to do, folks. Like with the Pfizer docs, you just got to take it upon yourself and, and get it because you know the media is not going to do it. And they're lazy and they're not smart. One person at home with their laptop could be a Woodward and Bernstein and break open the case. So anyways, they did a FOIA request in Jefferson County, Colorado to get the emails from the administrators, the school administrators at the school. And all they were talking about is, what are we going to do about the furries? Um, all these parents are complaining. The kids are dressing up and they're, you know, they're scratching and they're, you know, they're growling and meowing and it's, you know, sort of sexual, you know, are we, you know, let's just pretend it didn't happen or I don't want to say anything. Are you going to say anything? I'm going to say anything. So Tapper says it's baseless. Meanwhile, the school administrators are all getting bombarded with calls from concerned parents about this. 
and wondering how they can bury it and not turn it into a big deal. Like I keep saying on this show, conspiracy theory is just another term for spoiler alert in 2022. Um, what else do we want to go into, folks? Um, today is, we got 58 days left in 2022. On this day in 1839, the first opium war broke out between China and Britain. And that, that was another Jake Tapper thing. He goes, oh, before Halloween, uh, all these Republicans were, were freaking out about rainbow fentanyl. Folks, there was not a single death this Halloween from rainbow fentanyl. Wow, Jake. Uh, I mean, we were just way out of line there, huh? No, dude, the rainbow fentanyl, they've found that in like eight different states. And there's a lot of high school kids who've died. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there, I guarantee at least a million parents, a couple million parents, who either they're, you know, someone in their family or someone, you know, that their kid knew was friends in high school or whatever, died from an uh, an accidental overdose. So imagine if you're sitting there watching that and he's like, see, there wasn't anyone who died at Halloween from rainbow fentanyl. They're just making a big deal out of out of nothing. They're tinfoil hat guys. Like, dude, the rainbow fentanyl is a real thing. Um, and Halloween coming around now, and it's 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 all in these different colors, and these kids are dying. You're making light of that or saying it's a joke? Yeah, we're all happy that zero people died. But this rainbow fentanyl exists. Trick-or-treating exists. For you to make light of that, it just goes back to the crime thing where he's like, oh, murders were up 30% during the Trump years. During the Biden years, only 3%. Imagine listening to that and you're in Chicago and you know they defunded the police, demoralized the police, attacked them, or Portland or Seattle. Everyone has their breaking point where you're like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck all y'all. I'm, I'm changing my, my party affiliation. And I guarantee anyone in Oregon, everyone in Oregon, if you just value your life and your sanity, the whole reason to live in Portland was they've got a cool downtown, they've got cool trails, they've got cool parks. You can't go downtown. No one wants to go downtown to Powell's Bookstore. No one wants to go to the parks. There's tents there. There's needles there. And now it's just creeping up closer and closer to your back door. So there's no doubt in my mind. So the first opium war broke out between China and Britain. Yesterday it was announced Walgreens and CVS are going to pay $10 billion, $5 billion each for their role in the opioid crisis. Walmart's negotiating total value of all settlements from the drug companies and the drug stores, $50 billion. They've killed 500,000 Americans in 20 years, and the opioid problem's worse than ever. So no wonder Biden's trying to say, hey, if you don't vote for Democrat, democracy's going to die. It's at stake. You're going to have white nationalist extremists running your country who are, you know, if you get raped, you're going to have to have the criminal's baby. They're trying to scare, you know, they're running on fear tactics. They're trying to scare you. And then they're telling everybody else, hey, it's going to take a while to count all these votes. 
the de- uh, former Department of uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security guys saying, "Hey, the polls might get attacked that day." Dude, buckle your seatbelts, man. These people are desperate. Um, that that speech should 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 tell you everything. I mean, they have nothing substantial to run on. Everyone's apoplectic, pissed, and the only way to get things to change is to get new people and new policies and a new party in there. And the one thing the Republicans, I don't think they've done it on purpose, recruiting. I think it's just happened organically where a lot of people, especially parents, there's a lot of really good female candidates out there, Republican candidates. Carrie Lake's my favorite. I love her. Um, And again, a combination of her and Conor McGregor, that's how everyone should, should be. And it's not in the conservatives way. You know, you're conservative. You believe in God, manners. These other people, they're nihilistic. They don't believe in God. They will lie, cheat, steal. And they fashion themselves as part of the resistance. um, And they think that a Nazi is going to take over. So anything goes. For Republicans, it's not everything goes. You don't want to cheat your way to a win or whatever. Um, So... We just gotta, we just gotta get aggressive and just throw it back in their face, like Carrie Lake. I'm sick of being nice. I'm sick of having manners. Um, and I am a friendly, nice person. But the how much, how much more insulting? We call it gaslighting, but it's just insulting to my intelligence, my dignity, and just wanting to know the truth. They're hiding data. They're manipulating data. And it goes back to the 1984 quote I put in uh, the last Substack. Like, the final command of the party was do not believe what your eyes and eat, you know, what your eyes, you know, what you see and hear. I think it was. And that's what I'm telling you. That speech backfired. It did not ch- tell, it did not create a single voter who's going to vote Republican to say, you know what, I'm going to vote Democrat because I don't want democracy to die. No, I guarantee that speech for thousands of voters, they said, screw this guy. He's still talking about the election. He's painting out these Republicans as these evil people. And he's not talking about anything that matters and cares. And who cares if democracy dies in two years? Because I might die in two years from freezing to death or starving to death. Because this puppy's going into a depression if we keep going like this. A depression with a D. And what's that? It's just going to cause more deaths of despair. So, folks, we're coming out 70 minutes. I think this is the cutoff where GarageBand hates me and will not let me put any more content on there. So we're wrapping it up. Thursday, November 3rd, episode 35, Teddy Roosevelt Show. You can follow, uh, you can listen on Spotify iHeart, tune in, and Apple Podcast. The mothership is teddybroosevelt.substack.com. Signing off, folks. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and I will be back with another show tomorrow. Teddy Roosevelt signing off. Take care. Bye.